Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast and Video Series, where we talk about digital marketing strategies to help grow your business. Today, I want to talk about how to make the shift to a virtual conference or summit while increasing your annual revenue. You know, our, our organization, our agency, RB Oppenheim Associates, we have been uh, working with associations and organizations for more than three decades. And we've had the opportunity to work with over probably 200 associations or organizations. And one of the common denominators that we see as a revenue generating activity is an annual conference or an annual summit event. Well, there's no doubt that many organizations, uh, as we sit here uh, on Wednesday, March 18th, find themselves thinking we were going to announce our summer summit conference registration uh, on or around April 15th. And now they're seriously having to reconsider that and cancel that conference because of travel restrictions, because of fear of uh, COVID-19. And, and, and just the state of affairs that we find ourselves in. So I thought today would be a great opportunity for us to think about what would it mean and what would it look like for your organization to make a shift to a virtual conference or a virtual summit in 2020? Because I mean, at the end of the day, you may have continuing education credits that have to be, um, you know, uh, give your members the opportunity to, uh, take advantage of those. Again, it may be a revenue opportunity. And so a virtual conference is absolutely a, a great viable option for you. Um, and the platforms are, are more stable than they have been ever before. Um, and so in this episode, what I want to talk about is, is really the specifics of let's start a checklist. Let's start to prepare for what this would look like. So I think number one is you're going to have to think about the shift in culture. I mean, if you have for the last five, 10, 15 years, you know, had a uh, an event destination conference and relied upon that as as your venue to go virtual is going to be a shift. You may have, uh, you know, a lot of members who you may think might be technically challenged, uh, who may find a, a virtual uh, conference or summit uh, difficult because they're, you know, somewhat uh, timid or shy or, you know, say they're not tech savvy. Um, but again, so many of the platforms uh, have become so easy. Like if you can pull up a video on YouTube, you can go to a virtual summit. It is not that hard. And, you know, if we are in the midst of or in the middle of or, or just recovering from you know, shelter in place or, um, you know, self-quarantine or whatever the, the you know, requirements by local, state or federal government, um, we're, our, our, we are already in a, in a state of disruption and in a place where things are changing, whether we like it or not. And we're going to have to adapt and we're going to have to make some changes. So shifting to a virtual um you know, summit or conference is a great way for you to be able to provide that membership value that you have for many years. Um, 
But here are some things. So we got we to think about the shift in culture. I think the other thing that we need to, you know, if we're making a pros and cons list, you could put on the on the cons list, you know, we may have a difficulty talking to our uh, constituents about, um, you know, how to access it. You know, there's going to be messaging. But the flip side, one of the benefits is the long term benefit of content that you're going to have available post conference or post summit, because everything is going to be recorded. Everything is going to have a video. Everything is going to be an audio. I mean, you could literally launch an entire video series. You could launch an entire podcast series based on the content that you're going to collect during your virtual summit or conference. So that would be the, the another benefit. I think the also um, the analytics of your audience, this is huge. Many of the webinar platforms that are out there have incredible analytics on the back end. You can they can tell when when the user is literally viewing the screen. They can tell when they're you know clicking on something else in another browser. Um, all of a sudden, a new set of metrics, a new set of engagement opportunities. So it's not just about having the webinar. It's having information about the attendees' experience based on you know how long did they watch it. You know was it live streamed or was it recorded. You know, you have all those different kinds of options. And then the analytics behind that uh, that technology is incredibly insightful. You can really find out, hey, this session people really did, you know, uh, enjoy that. You know, I can think about, you know, again, you know, after three decades of working with associations and doing marketing and, and doing promotion uh, and building websites, you know, I, I think about all the, the conference attendee um, you know, feedback forms that we built, you know, with gravity forms and done all kinds of cool, you know, conditional logic, like, did you attend this, then fill out this, but, you know, and, and, you know, it never fails, like, unless you had a bad experience, nobody really will fill those things out, you know, if they had a good time, they're like, I just had a good time, you know, I don't want to take the extra 45 seconds to fill out an online form, um, but, with again, with these platforms, you just get real time data. You know, you don't need to actually have uh, a subscription form or, you know, a feedback form about a specific track or specific uh, session. You can get that analytic da analytical data just based on the behavior of the viewer of the content on these platforms. Uh, number three, the next item I want to talk about that I think is really a benefit of switching to uh, a virtual conference or a virtual um, summit is being able to segment by track. Now, many, many uh, organizations, this is very common. You may have a professional track. You may have a beginner track, you know, however you've kind of segmented all the different opportunities for people to go through. Well, think about that in your in marketing terms. Now you, you, you're building in this, not only are you building in a, a trackable, um, you know, group of people who are consuming a very specific kind of content um, based on their interest. Like they're saying, I'm interested in this kind of content. And then I register and then I watch it. And then you see my participation measurements. And then, you know, you're, you're being better informed through scientific data of they really like this. But even within the niche, even within the track, you're getting more granular details 
on the very specifics of advanced, intermediate, professional, whatever your track, uh, you know, clarifications or, or levels are. So being able to segment that and, and look at the opportunities from a data standpoint, uh, from an ongoing, uh, again, post-event follow-up and engagement, this is, is absolutely huge. Now, another thing that is vitally important for associations, organizations, or businesses who are looking to um, you know, shift from the brick-and-mortar destination-based uh, conference or summit is is sponsorship opportunities. You know, again, having built, you know, 150 WordPress websites for associations and businesses, I can think about all the sponsorship pages that I've built before, you know, and all the, you know, trying to make sure that you can really show value between the gold and the silver. Well, here's the difference, guys. Not only, and, and, and you know, I always, always kind of laugh at, you know, we're going to have your name on the T-shirt. You know, we're going to have your name on the bag. You could put a little stuffer in the bag. Or, you know, if you get this level, we're going to link your logo to your website. And if you don't if you get this other one, we're just going to have your logo or you're not going to get the link, you know, like all the different things. But guys, this becomes serious return on investment for sponsorships, because if you have a session and you have the ability to customize the wrapper of the session with a logo of a sponsor, the whole time that session is going on, that that sponsorship level is bam, right there in their face. So you want to talk about opportunity and exposure and, and metrics to say, hey, for your $5,000 sponsorship, we can ensure you that you got over, you know, 180,000 minutes of, you know, exposure and visibility during you know, the session where we had 500 attendees watch a 40 minute presentation and you mul multiply the number of minutes times the number of users and bam. I mean, the metrics that you can report back to your sponsors is just absolutely, they will find an incredible return on investment. Plus, if you build in, you know, sponsor landing pages, custom, uh, custom sponsor landing pages, you even further give them the opportunity to really customize the, the experience. Think about this. So, you know, another thing that has always been a big conference attendee summit thing for, for sponsors and vendors is the exhibit hall. So thinking about how you're going to have a virtual exhibit hall for, um, you know, sponsors and exhibitors is, again, it's creating these landing pages and, and how well you can create value opportunity for the sponsor as well as for, you know, the person that's going to be there, um, you know, and then you start to integrate, you know, live chat features and, and things like that that you can do on the website. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. You literally can replicate uh, without, the, you know, the, one, the only thing that's missing is literally human to human face to face interaction, but you still can have one to one right through through chat um, and, and, you know, some of the other platform opportunities. So sponsorship return on investment is a great opportunity because of the measurement and because of the data behind the platform, you're going to have a, a great way to legitimize that sponsorship value. Let's talk about this. Let's, so then the decision becomes, well, do we want to have the entire 
summit or conference open to the public? Do we have some part open to the public, some part closed to, you know, just private registration? So, I mean, let's kind of wrestle with that for a minute. I mean, there is some real value if you think about it as to why you might want to have some of your content uh, as public accessible um, and then have some content or uh, a lot of content that's member only. So why would you want to have public accessible content? Well, think about this. I mean, you may have some people who don't register and, you know, they're going to have FOMO, right? They're going to have fear of missing out. And you want to give them a teaser. You want to give them a taste of this is what you missed. And so maybe you give them the first five minutes, uh, you know, of a session or you give them, you know, a highlight clip of, you know, the keynote, you know, and, and really whet their appetite for what they missed. And again, I think it goes back to with public content, you have the opportunity to um, attract new members that you didn't have before because the word's going to get out. Hey, they're streaming live right now, or here's the link to, you know, the, 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 the summit session or the conference session on this that had this speaker, you know, and, and people start to share and, and there starts to be a frenzy of this is great content. You got to go check it out, you know? Um, so I think that really understanding and taking advantage of public versus private uh, member only content is something you absolutely want to take advantage of when you're trying to think about how are we going to make this shift from a virtual comp, from a, a, a destination brick and mortar conference to a virtual conference or summit. Um, and then I think you really absolutely have to have the long term in your mind. You know, we've talked about many, many times on the show, we've talked about a, a content at scale strategy and having a recorded, uh, uh, you know, sessions, recorded keynotes, all of that, and, and being able to take that information, segment the audio for a podcast series, segment that for YouTube or segment it just for a uh, you know, uh, separate videos on your website, you know, you can, you can decide, Hey, uh, if you're a member, you can have access and have on demand access to the conference. So maybe, I mean, it never fails in these conferences. If you have multiple tracks, I can't attend more than one at a time, but maybe there's something. And I, I remember, you know, as an agency, when we would go to, you know, big marketing summits or conferences, we'd split up and somebody would go to this one and somebody would go to that one. And then we'd huddle back up afterwards and try to share notes and say what it's about. Well, with, with a, a virtual conference, you have the, the great opportunity that I can watch it on demand after, you know, the event has taken place. And I find great value as a member of being able to not miss out on, you know, what, what, what was the live presentation? What was the live Q and a, you know, maybe something in the Q&A was of great value that I could have missed. And so if I can watch that later on demand through your organization member only website, that's huge value. So the other thing that really think about is is being able to take those video highlights in a 45 second split, in a two minute split and in a nine minute split or less than 10 minute split, you know, collage kind of mashup of the best. You've now got, okay, I've got 45 seconds. I've, that's great for Instagram. Two minutes for Facebook, great. You know, under 10 minutes for LinkedIn. Now I'm looking at all my different platforms and I can start to post event 
really hype up what happened because what you're trying to do after that, again, it's about attention. You have original content that doesn't exist anywhere on the internet. And, and so now you, you, you are capturing attention with your content based on the format that folks are, are, are on. So if they've opened up Instagram and they're flipping through and they see the video, the 45 second, you know, just that great clip. Now, obviously you're going to want to make an investment in video editing and audio editing post-conference, but I'm telling you, you will absolutely see a return on investment because you've got content that you never had before because you decided to make the shift to a virtual summit or conference. So having that content strategy, that at scale and cross-platform formatted for the long format, and guys, do not underestimate that the ability to post a, a mashup that's eight or nine minutes on LinkedIn will absolutely be a huge ROI. You, I, I can't express enough on the LinkedIn platform. Think about this. The mentality of someone when they go to LinkedIn is the same mentality that I walk into when I go to a video conference, when I go into a, a, a conference session or a summit session, right? I want to I want to be be better, uh, you know, in my professional craft, and so I'm looking for thought leaders. the The content that would come from a virtual conference or summit, and and having that kind of content on your LinkedIn page is absolute. It's gold. It's absolute gold. It could be the single best investment you've ever made for your association or your organization, or for your business, for that matter. Now, think about this. Think about all of the speakers, right, all of the session leaders, and, and being able to tag them in social media. Guys, the ripple effect of when someone sees themselves on social media, they come, it's like an instant, you know, your, your instant 15 minutes of fame, right? And so, never fails when you post that on social media and you tag that speaker, what are they going to do? Oh my gosh, it was such a great experience. Thank you for having me, blah, blah, blah. And what do they do? They, they share that on their page. So what happens? The virtual, the, the, the viral effect, right? The exponential factor of that is huge. So your content strategy post-conference is just as important when you're thinking about, hey, we no longer are going to have the benefit of picking the sexiest hotel, the Ritz Carlton, you know, or, or whatever the, the hotel is that you've loved to go to. Now it's going to be your content. It's going to be about how good of speakers can you get? You know, it's, it's going to be about the content and not about the destination. I think that's a huge shift that you really have to think carefully about. Um, so we've talked about the content strategy. We've talked about the different uh, format for time, the 45 second, the sort of micro uh, video content, the two minute, the less than 10 minute. We've talked about those conferences. I mean, obviously you can take that information and use it in your monthly newsletter, uh, you know, posting it as post on your website. I mean, really the applications of, of having what I would call this pillar content that you're going to have for the next 12 months or the next eight months, as you build up to the lead up of your 2021 conference, you're, you're setting yourself up. And here's the thing, guys. Think about all the people who can't go to your, your annual conference, the brick and mortar conference, 
because of logistics or travel. Forget if we're in the middle of a pandemic, forget that. Just think about normal. You know, you send out an invite, you get, you know, 50% of your membership goes. Why didn't the other 50% come? They, they couldn't travel. They couldn't leave their home. They couldn't find a babysitter. They have a family. All those excuses are gone. So what happens? You get more registrations than what you got before. So you get more participation. You get more attendees. Then you have more opportunity for sponsorship opportunities. Guys, the upside of a virtual conference or summit is huge. And, and you know, I'm going to do a follow-up episode on this. I'm going to do a deeper dive into some of the platforms because it's huge. You know, we talked about uh, earlier in, in the episode where I talked about active campaign and how when someone comes to and fills out a form, it, it matches their email address with their IP address. Guys, the, the data, the science and the data behind what happens in a virtual conference and summit and, and the information that you get from that and how you can personalize that to provide a better membership experience and ultimately answer the, the member value equation, this, this could be a game changer. So instead of thinking about and looking at, you know, from a, a, a negative perspective of, oh my gosh, our, our annual conference is shot. We're not going to have any revenue. Guys, I get it. It's tough. But just because it's been, that's the all, that, that's how you've done it. It's always been that way. Doesn't mean it has to stay like that. I mean, there are plenty of businesses and organizations who are right now absolutely having to make a decision. Are we going to change? Or are we going to fold up? Are we going to fold up shop? And so I want to encourage you to, to really think about the long-term benefits, not just the short-term, but the long-term benefits of, of pivoting and making the shift to a virtual conference or summit. So I think at the end of the day, what we're really talking about is you've got the opportunity now that your website is more important than ever. You know, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough is that your virtual doorstep is 100% the greatest opportunity you have to, to, to maximize and create an opportunity for your organization to grow. Because guys, if we're self-quarantined or if we're shelter in place or you know whatever, whether it's the federal, local or state government that, that puts these things in place, you've gotta have a plan. The great news is, is, is all these platforms have been out there, right? And I mean, again, it scales, a lot of these things scale based on the number of attendees. So you know, for a small business or a small association, they've got platforms for that. You know, if you've got, you know, a thousand people that show up, obviously you're going to have a larger budget for that, you know, so the platform costs are going to scale. So everything is built on scale, which makes sense, you know, and, and your building making this shift in 2020 could be the difference in whether or not your organization survives or thrives in 2020. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope today's, uh, episode inspires you. I hope you will follow back in uh, with us. I'm, I'm going to have some guests on the show from a couple of the webinar platforms and have them talk about how it works. I've also got set up for this Friday, a great episode from the Hoff, uh, a great SEO company that you can learn some incredible things that are happening in SEO right now in 2020 and how you can help, help make sure people can find your website. 
Because right now, as people are working remotely and staying home, the internet is getting crowded. And if your website can't be found, guys, don't forget about this. Forget about if they know who you are. Can people find your website if they just type in what you do? How well do you show up there? So that's a little teaser for the SEO um, session episode that we're going to have on Friday. I hope you'll turn in. Guys, once again, my name is Michael Wynn. I'm the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.